about your day? What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the TCP Podcast. This is Tyler Clark with TC Performance, and I appreciate you guys for tuning back in. Real quick, take a second to please rate this thing, review it, share it with somebody else, whichever platform you're on. I really, really appreciate it. Like I said, maybe two weeks ago now, if you guys leave any feedback, um, any reviews, you guys can always request some topics, some guests you might want to hear, anything that's on your mind. Um, It helps me help you guys too. If there's a specific topic or a specific person that you guys want me to reach out to, to talk to their expertise, get them on the show, all that good stuff. And then you guys can always reach out to me on socials. Uh, My primary platform is Instagram. So if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, it's at TC period performance underscore. And that's consistent throughout all the platforms. I do post on TikTok and all that stuff. Also, this show has its own Instagram at the TCP podcast, all lowercase. So if you guys want to reach out to me through the DMs, ask questions, I put out polls, um, topics, all that kind of good stuff. So feel free to do that. It helps me help you guys. But anyways, this week, uh, it's going to be a little bit shorter, but very, very important topic and very applicable to a lot of you guys, I'm hoping. So this week, I want to talk about basically training yourself. So a lot of the times... Maybe you can't afford a trainer. Um, The situation that you're in, you just can't have a trainer or don't have access to a trainer or your trainer specifically because you're away at school. Um, You just don't have access to them, right? You're just away from them, whatever. Maybe you just don't have a trainer and a lot of people don't have a trainer, right? They don't have people to train with. Uh, They don't have coaches that want to help them out, unfortunately. So a lot of the times we're in the gym by ourselves. And plus that's kind of embedded in the culture of basketball training, right? We all want to do things ourselves. We all want to be the Kobe Bryants, the Michael Jordans, the, you know, we, we want to be locked into the gym ourselves whenever nobody's watching. And it's, it's good. Like we need to have that kind of work ethic and it's important, but we need to make sure we set ourselves up to be very productive in those situations, right? So if we don't have a trainer to help us get a good workout in, if we don't have another person pushing us in a one-on-one situation if we don't have any of those kind of things if it's just one on oh how do we make those sessions productive so i want to go over three different ways to improve your one-on-oh sessions and really get the most out of those situations but before any of that i want to preface this with something i was talking to uh, my, my team about and basically they, they were talking about uh or they were asking me you know, what can they do by themselves? Because I'm not always present, right? So if they can't get a workout in with me, what can they do to make a a workout good? And the first thing that I, that I started with is I asked them if they write down the workouts or if they write down what they're going to be doing. And they said, no. So the first thing that I, that I said is you should start doing that. And the reason why I said that is because whenever you take the time to physically whether it's your phone or on an actual piece of paper, write down what you're going to do. And it might not have to be drill to drill and super, super detailed. Um, I think that you can get a lot of value out of a super detailed practice plan or a workout plan. But at the same time, you don't need to do that. And my point more so was take a second to just write it on your phone, write it on a sticky note, write it on your hand for all I care, like write it on a piece of paper, whatever it is, write it down. So you're being deliberate and you know what you're doing going into that workout. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of players make whenever they're working out themselves. They kind of just go into a workout. They're not sure what they want to work on and they just do what they've done in the past. Like maybe 20 minutes of form shooting, 
some mic and drills, some sort of layup drill, some sort of triple threat series where you're jabbing one dribble pull up and it just ends up being super monotonous and you do that same thing almost every single workout right so are we really getting the most out of those workouts probably not and i think the first step in making your workout really really productive is taking that quick minute to 10 minutes if you want to be super detailed to just write down what you want to do and like i said if you want to be super detailed, go ahead. Like, all right, today I have three focuses. I want to focus on low pickups. I want to focus on finishing with my left hand. And I want to f- focus on my first step off the dribble, right? Like s- you have three focuses and then you can then dissect what you want to f- focus on within the drills, right? All right, so the first drill, I'm going to prime it with some low pickups and the pace at which I pick up that dribble every single time has to be different. So I'm getting variability in that. Um, then the next one, I have to work on my first step off the dribble, off of a jab step, whatever it like, you know what I'm trying to say? You, you can be extremely detailed if you want. And I think that there is a lot of value in that, especially if you're a player, um, coaches too, obviously. But that's my biggest thing for, for players asking how they can get the most out of their own workouts. The first thing is like, all right, well, do you guys know what you're doing going into workout? Do you guys take the time to write something out and and figure out what you need to work on, Right. That's the first thing. And before that, even obviously you should know what you need to work on, where, where your strong suits are, where you need the most work. And then that should then construct your workouts. But that's kind of goes without saying, saying you should know what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are, and then how to incorporate those into your workouts. But that is my first thing is, do you write your workouts out? Are you intentional about your workouts and are you deliberate about what you need to work on? And like I said, that's not going to be one of the three things to improve your workouts, although that probably could be. And if you're not doing that, you should start doing that 100%. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about is visualization. Um, It sounds kind of cliche, a little corny, but visualization is something that I genuinely believe can take you to the next level if you're working out by yourself like that that alone take away the other two that I'm going to bring up just visualization will help improve you as a player in a one-on-o session by yourself immensely and you know a lot of the really 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 great players have been on record talking about visualization or another player has been on a podcast talking about visualization like when I got Josh Fan on the podcast a couple months ago now He talked about the implementation of visualization with Jeremy Lin. And I then, you know, listened to a podcast that Josh put out with Jeremy. They were just talking about Jeremy's career and a lot of really cool stuff. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's on his YouTube page. But nonetheless, they were talking about Kobe Bryant whenever Jeremy was on the Lakers. And Jeremy was talking about basically when they would work out, the amount of detail that Kobe brought to his workouts and he didn't really have like somebody playing dummy defense or he didn't play small side of games or he didn't really add constraints like those things weren't really in his scope of practice as a player or he wasn't really thinking about those things so what he did extremely well was visualize like he was Jeremy mentioned how one workout they were just working on dribble pull-ups mid-range right but every single rep was different because he would bring up a different situation. Like, okay, all right, we're going to jab to the right, one dribble to the left. He's going to cut you off behind the back, 
pound dribble, sidestep, fade away into the baseline because you need to get out of the defender's reach. Like very, very intricate and detailed situations. And Kobe visualized them and did them at game speed, at the way that he would normally do it in a game, right? So those kind of things are what separate great and good players, right? If you can visualize what's going on in the court extremely, extremely well, you can then practice how you're going to play in the actual game. You can see how somebody's going to try to reach for the ball whenever you dribble to the left. You need to cross over quicker than you would if nobody was reaching. Or if somebody cuts you off, you need to change the directions real quick and then take it to the rack. Oh, but then you see a help side defender coming up. You had to go Euro step and then finish reverse layup with some English on the left side of the basket, right? Or little things like that. If you're able to visualize and and create this image in your mind very intentionally of the game that you see with actual defenders, it's going to help you tremendously. And that's why I want to talk about visualization. It's very, very researched and it's shown that it can help athletes improve without even actually doing anything physically. Like a lot of injured athletes will do visualization and imagery and they can get better because they can rep out certain shots, certain movements, a lot of different things without even having to physically do anything. And there's been studies that show that they've gotten better just visualizing just using imagery or just using uh, meditation or anything like that, like guided imagery or the, if you could put the two together, visualization and on court basketball, you're going to get a lot better. So you utilizing visualization is going to be huge for you. And the more detailed you become in that visualization, the more you're going to get out of that session, right? Like I said, if you're sitting there analyzing the game of basketball and anytime you jab, it's going to be a different speed. It's going to be different intention based on how the person in front of you is guarding you based off of your visualization and imagery. You're, you're, you're repping out these moves on a defender technically because you're able to visualize that. Your movement patterns are changing. The intent, the, the force that you have to put in your negative step whenever you accelerate is going to be different because you have somebody trying to cut you off in a pick and roll because you're visualizing that or the sidestep and trying to shoot over a taller defender versus a smaller defender, the release point's going to be different. The The arc is going to be different. The power of which you come off the ground, the energy transfer, all these things are going to be different because you're visualizing these very specific and detailed situations. And it's going to be similar as to if you had an actual defender, right? You're manipulating the shot, you're manipulating the dribble, you're using different force through the ground. Like you're getting this variability throughout the reps because you're able to see defenders, you're able to see help side, you're able to feel the contact, you're able to make reads based off of what you're seeing. So visualization is an incredibly, incredibly important tool that even I need to get better at as my, if I'm training myself and I'm trying to use it more with my athletes because if it is a one-on-one situation or a session, I should say, with an athlete, it's like, okay, well, I can give them a read and I can be the read myself, but they need to actually see it as well. Like if they don't think that, oh, well, that crossover isn't going to be quick enough because there's supposed to be help side there or the floater needs to be a little bit higher because that defender is actually too tall for me to get off that, you know, smaller or shorter arc floater. Those little things, if you can visualize extremely well, you'll be able to apply it a lot better too. And that's one of the reasons why visualization is so 
great because a lot of the times we miss the context whenever we're training one on oh right we don't have any sort of defense we don't have any sort of reads perception action whenever we train by ourselves we get reps up and that's great but you need the mental reps too you need the context as well so if you can visualize extremely well you can apply the actual context of the game to your session and that's going to help transfer over to an actual live setting whether it's in a small side of game, a three-on-three, two-on-two, or it's the actual game in a five-on-five situation, you're going to be able to apply that way more seamlessly. Now, for the second tool, uh, our second way we can improve our one-on-o situations, our one-on-o settings, um, is basing your workouts off of feel. So I've been liking this one a lot more rather than basing your workouts off of time or reps or whatever else you can base your workouts off of. Um, because feel is going to be a lot more subjective and individualized to you on a daily basis, as an athlete, on a weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever it is, it's going to help you, you know, formulate your workouts a lot better and a lot more specific to what you need that day, right? So what I mean by go by feel is, for example, if you walk into the gym and you had just played 37 minutes yesterday, Right. And you're like, ah, like I should just come in do something. And typically you get into the gym every single day. And you're like, I have to get 500 shots up. Well, now you're kind of married to that philosophy, regardless if you played 37 minutes, if you played zero minutes, you're going to come in and you're going to get 500 shots up. And that's that. Right. But if things change, right, if you played 37 minutes, if you hurt your ankle, if you're just feeling super drained, maybe those 500 shots is too much. So base your workouts off your feel. If you played, again, 37 minutes yesterday and you're feeling a little worn down, but you just want to get something in, go into the gym and don't say, all right, I need 250 makes or I need 500 shots total or I'm going to be in here for 45 minutes, but more so grab a basketball, shoot around for a little bit and then intensify it if you need or keep it a little bit dulled down, a little bit more low impact and just shoot around or get layups up or you know, ball handling or free throws, whatever you feel you need that day, and then just go until you feel good, right? And that might be very vague, but I guarantee you, if you do that, you're going to understand what I mean. Because on a day that you're super fresh and you definitely need a workout, maybe instead of saying, all right, I need 500 shots, you go in there and you're like, ah, 500 wasn't enough. So you put up a thousand shots, and you work on some specific pick and roll action or you work on a specific floater or footwork on, off, a, off a layup, right? It's just going to be dependent on you. You, sh- you don't want to box yourself in and say, all right, 500 shots a day. It should be based off of feel. If you have an exam later tomorrow, but you need to get a workout in tomorrow as well, be like, ah, all right, like I'm kind of drained. I studied all night, so I'm just going to get shots up until I feel good. And that might be five minutes. That might be 10 minutes or it might be an hour. Maybe you just need to be in the gym longer that day. I think that we should go off of feel more than anything because our body will tell us what we need. Our mind will tell us what we need. So just coming in, putting up a thousand shots every day or 500 shots every day, or I need 250 makes is it's just, it could either either overload your system or maybe it's a little under what you need, right? So if you go based off of feel, you can adjust it day to day based on how you're feeling physically and mentally. And that's why I think going off a of feel is a phenomenal tool if you're by yourself, 
go in there if you feel like ah, my, my handles have been shit today so I'm just gonna go straight ball handling today and that's all I need boom and it was only 30 minutes worth of ball handling great tomorrow uh, like my shot fell off today in practice so I'm just gonna put shots up and you shoot for 45 minutes and you feel good you got the you got your shot back base your workouts off of feel because it's going to be different every single day and then the last tool or last way to improve your one-on-o sessions is going to be using constraints and if you guys follow me on instagram um, i put out a little two-part series on constraints and how i kind of break them up specifically for either trainers in a one-on-one situation or athletes more specifically in a one-on-o situation and how using constraints can improve your session so a constraint is a restriction right and you can apply constraints to yourself either internally or externally that's how i broke it up internally is you're literally applying a constraint or a restriction on yourself so for example an internal constraint could be i can't use my left hand right or i have to finish with this set of footwork i have to go off of two feet but i have to go off left right or right left or if it's one foot i have to go off my left foot every single time because i struggle finishing off my left foot or i every single i like it's a three move combo but i have to finish fading to my right because that i struggle with that things like that. that that's that's an internal constraint basically something that you can apply to yourself now an external constraint would be you literally have a physical restriction or a physical constraint that you have to finish around or get out of or do something with that physical restraint right or a constraint i should say um, one of the examples that i use in the external constraint video was basically i put up three cones around the third hash mark on the uh, free throw line or the paint and I had to jump from behind that and finish a layup any way that I could, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm finishing in the air. I'm working on a lot of different qualities. That's a physical restriction and external constraint. The other example that I used was I was dribbling inside the paint and I could only use one dribble to get outside of the paint and finish off of a mid-range jumper. So I'm working on shooting off balance, um, getting out in one dribble. So creating space with that one dribble uh, and, and a bunch of different other qualities, right? But those are just some examples for you guys to use. But constraints are endless. Like you can create as many constraints as you want. It's just going to be dependent on the skill that you want to enhance or the skill that you want to refine or the skill that you want to work on in general. So my point being is that constraints are a great tool for you guys in a one-on-one situation because you can isolate either a skill that you want to work on or if you want to explore new skills and you know, introduce new skills in general to yourself, constraints are phenomenal. So use constraints. If you're terrible at finishing with your left hand, you can only finish with your left hand and you can't use your right hand, right? As a gather hand. So you can apply that constraint to yourself and target your offhand finishing or target your offhand ball handling or target low pickups. That's that's the constraint. You have to finish, but every single time you pick the ball up, it has to be a low pickup. I don't care how you finish after that. Or if you struggle with, say, finishing whenever you're off balance. A good constraint that you could use for that is you have to take off in the paint and finish outside of the paint. So a lot of the time, if you take off within like one foot or two feet within the paint and you have, you know for a fact you have to land outside of the paint, you're going to be off balance. You're going to be a little out of control, chaotic in the air. So that's one way that you can target that skill of finishing off balance with just a single constraint by yourself, just challenge yourself in that way. Or maybe 
I've seen Coleman Ayers do this where you have to touch a certain part of your body, like touch your hip and then finish or touch your shoulder and then finish, right? Just figuring out different ways to challenge the skill that you want to with constraints, right? So the first thing is identifying the skill that you want to better, the skill that you want to develop and that you want to improve and then apply constraints that you think would help you do so. And I think constraints are a phenomenal tool for players to use, but also for trainers. And if you know how to use them correctly, you can improve quite literally any situation. And this is just a one-on-o situation. There are endless, endless capabilities to use in a small set of game or a small group session, right? But if you're one-on-o, figure out what you need to work on, then apply a constraint, be it internal or external, and then go crazy. Just rep it out at that point because you're going to get variability. You're applying a constraint to the specific skill that you want to refine or that you want to develop, and you're going to see a lot of results in that way. And it'll take time, I mean, to understand what a constraint is and how I can apply them. But the more you do it, the more creative you'll be, right? But like I said, the first thing that you need to do is identify the skill that you want to improve, and then the constraints should be able to come pretty easy. And then the last thing I want to talk about, because it's kind of a good transition talking about identifying skills that you want to improve, is if you're a player that has access to film, watch as much film as you possibly can of yourself. And don't just watch what you did well. Watch the missed shots, the, the turnovers, the things that you did poorly, as well as the things that you did well, right? So if you're seeing you know, a tendency that you miss every single time you fade to the right then boom, that, that's a skill that you need to work on, right? Or if you figure out that every single time you pick up your dribble from right to left and you try to finish with your left hand in transition, you you miss short every single time. A, a, a layup, the spin is just terrible, you're off balance, you're falling over to the left. So those are skills that you can then apply into your sessions. And like I said, add constraints. Okay, the constraint for being off balance in your shot. Uh, maybe an external constraint, right? You have three cones or one cone, whatever, and you have to jump over it, fading to the right-hand side, and you, you have to make a set amount of shots or something along that line. And you can also look for things like, oh, like every single time I dribble with my left hand, I, I lose it or I, I get turned because I don't want to drive downhill with my left hand. Okay, well, boom, there you go. You struggle getting downhill with your left hand because you're not confident with that left hand or it's not sufficient enough so visualize you have a defender cutting you off but you have to figure out how to get downhill with that left hand and you can still apply constraints like I can't I can't switch to my right hand I need to finish with my left hand I need to finish going downhill with my left hand and that's that right apply constraints I have to jump outside of the paint or finish outside of the paint finish on the other side of the rim Whatever it is, you can you can add all the, the three tools that I mentioned today into one session or into every session, I, sh- I should say. So th- that's kind of the last thing I wanted to briefly mention is film. It, film is such a great tool for you, especially if you have access to it. And it can be as, as simple as just setting up your phone or, or a camera in like a pickup session that you have with your friends and just figure out tendencies that you have there. Or if you have game film from your actual team that's even better you know what i mean so use film to create sessions and work on skills that you struggle at because that's going to be your most direct feedback is what you do in a live game based off of film but nonetheless those are three tools that i think can really really improve your one-on-o situations your one-on-o sessions whenever you don't have anybody with you 
you don't have a trainer, you don't have a friend, you don't have anybody, right? So use those tools, please. I promise they will help. Um, they've helped me. They've helped athletes that I work with. These, this is advice that I give them. Um, and I've been on record saying, you know, my, my goal as a trainer is to teach and educate my players, my athletes to train themselves because I'm not going to be with them year round. I'm not going to be with them 100% of the time. So yes, we're going to get to work whenever I'm with them and it's going to be good work and they're going to improve a lot. But what about the times that I'm not with them, right? I want them to feel confident that they can get a good workout in by themselves or if they have a friend. Okay, well, we're going to do a, a small side of game because, you know, TC taught me uh, to just apply some constraints or blah, blah, blah. And it's, it doesn't have to be I taught them that. It's just, you know, they. I want them to feel confident that they can create a session themselves because they've seen it so much with me. Or if I can educate them what a constraint is or how to create a small side of game or how to watch film properly, those little things like if they can improve whenever I'm not there that's huge so that's what I'm trying to do with this episode is give you guys three tools that potentially will help you improve your sessions whenever you're by yourself and I'm going to go back to that first point that I prefaced with is write down what you need to work on right that will help you tenfold just take literally five minutes out of your day to just write down what you're doing what the focuses are, what skill you want to work on, and so forth. It will help tremendously having somewhat of an outline, somewhat of a an idea going into that session because you're not going in blind and now you have intention. Now you're deliberate with that practice. So that's going to be huge. And then just to recap, the three tools that I mentioned is one, visualization can be extremely, extremely beneficial. And I think it's something that really separates great players from good players and it's documented and on record that guys like Kobe Bryant, guys like Jeremy Lin, guys like Michael Jordan, I'm sure LeBron, Kyrie Irving, you know, all these really great basketball players visualize and use imagery and see the floor whenever they don't have people in front of them. Um, and that helps them a lot. Like I said, I feel like that is something that separates great from good players. The second one is Go into your workout and base it off of feel. If you're not feeling too hot that day, get a little bit in until you feel satisfied. If you're feeling really good, you're really fresh, go get a two-hour workout in if you really need to, right? Just base it off of feel. And I think that you'll see a lot of results with that. And then the last one is applying constraints. And like I said, I break it down personally, just internal and external constraints. Internal is something that you apply to yourself. And then external is going to be a little bit more of a physical restriction that you have to get out of or jump over or whatever the case may be there. So those are three things that I think will drastically improve your one-on-one situations. And um, I'm pretty confident in that. So hopefully this helps you. And if you guys liked this format, you know, three things that improve so-and-so or four things or five things, if you guys like this format, please let me know. I can do more of this kind of stuff. And I felt like this would be a very applicable episode for you guys as it's very easy to apply for yourselves whether you're a player or if you're a coach you can also do this kind of stuff with your with your athletes so thank you guys so much for listening i really really do appreciate you guys continued support and i really hope that you guys are gaining some type of value out of these episodes whether it's me just talking or if it's a guest whatever. I hope that you guys are taking a lot from this podcast. That's obviously the goal. And if you guys want to see more or hear more from me, go make sure to follow me on Instagram at TC period performance underscore, as well as TikTok and Twitter and so forth. So again, appreciate you guys. We'll see you.